what we're doing, and that's where we're picking up today on the third Sunday of this praying and fasting. Um, we've been, we've been, uh, we're on our 18th, I think, 19th, 18th day, I think, out of 21, and we'll be finishing up that praying and fasting on Wednesday. I want to thank everybody in the church that has been, uh, been involved in any way that you've been doing it. God sees it, Amen. Many people have been fasting food, many people have been fasting social media, many people have been doing both, and so God, God is pleased, amen? And I want to remind you that we don't always see the fruit immediately. I know that these are so seeds being sown, and we are going to see a harvest come in out of this time of praying and fasting, amen? It's coming. Can you say amen? It's going to come. We have had miracles. We have had uh, already testimonies, but I, I just know and believe that God is going to do some amazing things. And we're going to have some more testimonies tonight as well. So the first week we talked about the hymn, our relationship with Jesus, making sure that we're in love with him, making sure that we built uh, our vertical relationship so that the, the horizontal relationships could work out. Last week we talked, talked about me. And we talked about, God, what are the things in my life that I need to change? What are the things in my life that I can do different? What are the things in my life that are a hindrance? What are the things, that, or, or, or how can I get closer to you? And so last week we focused on me. Today I want to focus on them, which is people other than us. Amen? If you think about it, and, and just to remind you, we brought this out of the Lord's Prayer. And we're not going to go there today, but he was praying the model prayer in the Lord's Prayer. And he mentioned the, the hymn the me and the them in the, in the Lord's Prayer. And so kinda, that's where I kind of got this idea from. And so today, this is, this is super important because I really believe with all my heart, and I don't see that, say this con- condemning, I say this truthfully, I believe if you don't have a heart for other people, you really have to question if you're saved. Can you say amen? As a believer, as someone who's born again, the Bible says that when we're born again, we become a new creation. And the Bible says that all the old things we've ever done are passed away, and that's enough right there to be excited about, amen, in itself. But then we have to say, God, if you've done that for me, then you can do that for somebody else. And listen, some people have had this happen, but most of the time, 90-something percent of the time when somebody gets saved, they get saved because somebody tells them about Jesus. You're here this morning because somebody witnessed to you. You're here this morning because somebody lived a life that was an example to you. And they saw something in you that said, I want that. You're here this morning because someone gave you a Jesus card. You're here this morning because someone invited you to church. Most of you, like I said, some people have had experiences in prison and different places where they've had a vision of God. That was Saul's testimony. Amen? But here's the interesting thing. Even with Saul that turned into Paul, that wrote two-thirds of the Bible, even though he had a, a vision of God and, and, and fell off the horse and was born again through Jesus Christ personally revealing himself to him, we see that even after Saul has the vision, what happens for Saul's conversion? God causes him to go to the house and get uh, a word from another man who speaks life into him and, and uses another person to begin to disciple him. And so we always have somebody else involved in our salvation. Amen? And so this morning, I want us to, to continue, not just today, but every day of our lives, to realize that we have a great commission. And, and, and the fact is that not everybody here is going to preach. Not everybody here is going to go somewhere else in the world. Not everybody here is going to do some of the things that are in the Bible. But everybody here has to be an evangelist. 
Everybody here is, is a part of that. That's how we give, why we give, why we pray, why we do these things, because we can't all go, and some people don't want to go. Amen. Some people don't want to. They just want to be a sender. We need senders, too. Can you say amen? You can't, you got to have people who, who say, you know what, I have absolutely no desire to go to another country. I have no desire to, to do anything like that, but I want to send. And you got to have both. And so here we see the Great Commission in Mark 16, verse 15. Many of you know it, but I'm going to preach to you like you don't know it. It says, go. And there's, the, there's the, the big words, go, on the screen. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. What's the gospel? The good news. To every creature, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And then he gives us this great promise that we all need to believe for. And these signs will follow the pastors and the evangelists and the special people who are called by his name. Your Bible doesn't say that? No? I don't know what version I must be reading. I, I thought that, that, that only certain people were used by God. What does it say? Those who believe. Those who believe. If you believe this morning, the Bible says these are the signs that will follow you. They'll speak with new tongues. If they take up serpents they will, and drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay their hands on the sick and they will what? Recover. The first two words of the gospel is Go. We got to go. We got to go. We have to, j just this weekend we had our plans for this year and, and all the different ministries and all the different ministries, whatever we're doing, every ministry has a, a goal at the beginning of the goals, which is that we're evangelistic. That everything we do has to be thinking about reaching people and getting new people in. And then when they get in, discipling them so that they know how to walk with the Lord. Amen? So I want you to think about this this morning. The go of the gospel. Now I want to go over, if you would, with me to Mark chapter 9. And I want to show you a story, just a few chapters back in Mark chapter 9, how, how important it is for us to understand the involvement of people around us. We have to, we have to get, this is one thing you have to pray for. Lord, if, if I don't have that passion that you, that you want me to have for a people, give it to me, Lord. Give me a passion for people. Give me a heart for people. And like I said, that, that should be there. Maybe it needs to be fired up sometimes and stirred up. But if you're, a, if you're a, a believer and you love God and you've worked on the him and the me, then you're going to want to reach people. You're going to be bothered to think that somebody's going into eternity right now without Jesus Christ in their life. That, you, that they're going to spend eternity in hell without God. And so we have to say, God, help me be used. Help me do something for the kingdom of God. And so the Bible says in Mark chapter 9, verse 14, we're going to read a story. It says, And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him and greeted him. And he asked the scribes, What are you discussing with them? And then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought to you my son, who has a mute spirit, and wherever it seizes him, it throws him down, he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. 
Now watch this. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at his mouth. Before we continue, I want to tell you, I've seen these kind of things on the mission field. I've seen these things here in the United States. These are real things. We don't say these things to glorify the enemy. But church, we need to wake up and realize that we're in a dark world that has a lot of demonic forces of darkness. And too many times the church doesn't take serious the things of God. And the devil takes them serious, I can tell you that. Amen? And there are people, maybe people don't always foam at the mouth or convulse, but there are people who are bound by spirits. There are people who are bound by addictions. There are people who are bound by things that are causing them to think things they shouldn't think, do things they shouldn't do, say things they shouldn't say, go places they shouldn't go, and they are under the control of the enemy, and it's real. And they need us to go to them and tell them there's hope for you. There's hope for your life. There's hope for your marriage. There's hope for your finances. There's hope for this addiction that you have. That spirit of suicide and depression you have, you can be delivered of it. Amen. Has anybody been delivered of something in this place this morning so that somebody else in here can see that God still delivers? Amen. God still heals and God still saves. So these are real things. Real, real spirits. I remember one time... um, and I've probably told this story before, but you've got to realize when you preach the gospel for a long time, you don't know when or where or how you've told stories. So act like you've never heard it if you have. Amen. I was in Costa Rica, and we were out in front of our church, and we had constantly people coming by our churches that were uh, drunk and on drugs and, and, and just strung out. And we had this one particular man named Marcos who would come a lot and, and uh, at one point, God blessed us to be able to have a, a place at the church um, on the property where we took like a storage, kind of this store, like this storage we have out here, and made it into a room and had several beds. And at one time, I don't know what number we got up to, but we had several men, I want to say maybe even five or ten men living in that, in that room that were ex-drug addicts that got delivered from the streets. And we put them in that room, and, and they lived there, and they served at the church, and they helped. And Marcos was one of those men who, who eventually got delivered. And this day, he was out there, and we had just come out of prayer. It felt like it was straight out of the Bible, because it says they came out of the hour of prayer. And so we had prayed that morning, and some of the other disciples were there before they went to work. And this man comes by, and he stunk, and he was cussing, and he was, he was a mess, and, and uh, he, he was talking to us. And so we began to minister to him. And so I was looking. He was standing against the building, and I was standing behind him with the street behind me. And there was a lot of houses behind us. And so we began to speak to him, and uh, we began to say, you need Jesus, and Jesus can set you free, and Jesus can deliver you. And as we began to do that, and the more we mentioned Jesus, he, he was doing nervous things. I mean, he was moving around and touching his hands and putting his hands in his pocket and grabbing his shirt, and he, was, he didn't like that name too much. Amen? I just kept mentioning the name of Jesus. And so finally, um, I, I said, we're going to pray for you right now, and Jesus is going to set you free. And, and, and when I did that, he looked, he looked right at me but past me. 
and he, 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 was, he was looking at something behind me that was not me. I knew he wasn't looking at me. And he began to scratch himself and tear, tear on his shirt and, and just get really, really nervous and, and really, really freak out. And so we grabbed him and took him inside the church and began to cast the demons out of him. Do you know that God can still cast demons out of people today? Don't get so, 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 so dignified today in 2017 that you don't think people need demons cast out of them. Because they do. Amen. And the church needs to get back to casting them out. Amen. That's what God's called us to do. And so we went inside and we prayed for him. And, and, and it, it, there, there, this demonic force, and this is just one story of many, but this demonic force, it reminds me of this story, was so strong in this man that there was five or six grown men that it took that many men to hold this man to the ground. One man on one foot, one man on another foot, one man on his hand, one on, man on another hand, one man on his chest, just to keep him on the ground so we could pray for him. You know it's a, and we took him into the church so it wouldn't be outside, obviously. And so we're praying for him, and, and he begins to foam at the mouth, and he begins to just you know, make weird noises, and the voice changes. The voice changes. And, and he begins to do these things, and, and we're praying for him. And at one point, this is a little bit funny. I've mentioned this maybe to the guys. Now it's a little bit funny. He looked over at one of my disciples and said, I'm going to throw you up to that roof. And, 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 that, and that guy, Rudy, he, he's, he, he just, I saw his face get fearful for a second, and then all of a sudden he just got back at it and kept praying. And then later after we got done, he, he, he told me, Pastor, he said, when he told me he was going to throw me to the roof, I looked up, and it was really, really way up there. And I was a little bit afraid. <laughs> Amen? So it was a good laugh afterwards. But after, after a while of praying for him, I don't know if it was a half an hour or an hour, those demons came out, and, the, and all of a sudden he just laid there, delivered. And we took him over to a bench, and he just laid there for several hours and slept. And when he woke up, and we began to talk to him, and just like Mark chapter 6 in the Gadarenes, that man who had legions of demons, now he was in his right mind. All of a sudden, he was in his right mind. He wasn't cussing at us. He was soft and soft-spoken and peaceful, and, and he, he was asking what happened and where am I, and we had these conversations. And so after we began, we gave him some coffee and, and gave him some food, and he was just resting. I said, I said when we were outside... I said, what, what, what did, do you remember what you saw? And he said, yes, when I looked past you, I looked to the other side of the street, and coming down off of a house, I saw the death angel coming for me. Literally crawling off of the house, coming towards him, and that's when he began to tear his clothes and tear his, tear, you know, tear his chest and stuff because he was afraid. Then what, the death angel's coming for people, church, but the church can stand in the way and deliver people before the death angel comes. Can you say amen? This, this isn't just a story for us to read here to say, oh, wow, what a great story. We need to live these things. Now, listen, I'm not d demon searching. I'm not looking. Some people do. I know people that they search for it. I don't search for it. But if the devil comes and, and raises his head up, we're going to cast him out. Amen? And he's going to go away seven directions from us because we don't have to be afraid of him. But So we don't look for the devil in everything, but I want you to understand he is real. Amen? And so we continue to read this story, and we pick up here in verse 20 or 19. Where were we at? 18. Where? Thank you. Foaming at the mouth. Yes. So he asked his father, watch this, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, watch this, from childhood. That's too long. 
Now, I want to throw something in here. I've been teaching you for years. If you've been listening to me for years, I've always taught you and tried to teach you and really believe that we're a product of our childhood. That a lot of things we do and a lot of things we have and a lot of things we are has to do with our childhood. And we see this clarification right here that this boy has been here. Now, he was probably a teenager. They're calling him a boy, but obviously when he says from his childhood, he couldn't be a child because he was saying from his childhood. So he was probably a young boy, 13, 14, 15. So he's saying from his childhood, from his younger ages, he's had this problem. Amen? And so some people suffer from those things too long. And so here we see Jesus and his disciples stepping in and doing the gospel, doing the go. Now it says, and often, verse 22, he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything Have compassion on us and help us. Now, here's the key verse right here, 23. This is a powerful verse. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Let's stop right there for a second because this is important. Why are some people used more than others? Is it that God loves them more? No, they just believe more. There's something in me that has to click for my walk, my walk with the Lord. It says, I'm going to believe. I can't believe for you. You can't believe for me. You can't believe. You can pray for somebody, and you can pray that they would believe, but that's personal. And so he says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him. So you might be here this morning saying, you might have came in this morning saying, man, I'm in a situation that's impossible. I'm in a situation that can't change. I've got some debt that I think will never go away. I've been told something by the doctor. My, my psychiatrist told me something. Uh, people have told me things. I've, I've got this situation. I'll never get out of it. And you're saying it's impossible. There's no way it can happen. Well, the Bible says different. He says, if you believe, all things are possible to him who what? Believes. So the only thing stopping us this morning from seeing the miracle is our doubt. We have to believe. Immediately the father, this is so interesting. Immediately the father of the child cried and said with tears. That man wouldn't be crying if it wasn't something really serious. With tears or something he'd been dealing with for a long time. Lord, watch this, I believe. And then what does he say? Help me with my unbelief. So you can say, Lord, I believe, and you can make that statement, and, but you can also say, Lord, if, I, if there's any doubt in me, take it away. Help me to believe. Amen. Help me in the area where I lack so I can see this happen. Then Jesus, verse 25, saw, the, saw that the people came running together. He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. That's what we need to do. We need to speak to the Spirit. And I want, you to, I want you to know something. It is great to have somebody pray for you. It is powerful to have somebody agree with you in prayer. But you are a child of God, and you need to start taking authority over your own life and speaking to those spirits that are speaking to you and tell them, Spirit, get out of my life. Can you say amen? Amen. Why? Why do I say that? Why do we always, this again, it's great to have someone pray for you. I'll pray for you all day long. But Mark 16 told us that if I believe, 
I can cast out demons. I can lay my hands on the sick. You know when a great revival is going to happen around the world? When the church realizes they have the power to heal. Not the pastor. Not the evangelist. Not the person who's been saved the longest. A revival happens when you're at work. Again, bring them to church. We're gonna, we'll do it. We want them to be here. We want them to get saved. But you can save them at the house. You can pray for them at the house. You can say the sinner's prayer at work. You can pray for their headache at work. You can pray for their tumor at work. You can pray for their cancer at work. You can speak to that spirit at work. You don't have to bring them here. You sh- I'd love to see you bring them here and say, hey, we got a testimony this morning. We prayed for this person at work. Their headache went away. Their cancer went away. Their demons came out of them. And now here's where they want to go to church. Amen. Amen. That's what we need to be doing. The work is outside of the church. Somebody tell, tell someone next to you, God's going to do something in me. Then the, then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly. And came out of him. And he became as one dead. That's what was so interesting. That's what that guy looked like when we got done praying for him. And many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And when he had come into the house, this is interesting, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. And that's what we've been talking about during this time of prayer and fasting. That's why we're taking this time of 21 days to get serious about this. And this isn't just ending Wednesday. Next month and in in March and July and August, whenever you're going through something in your life, you need to say, you know what, I need to go on a fast. I need to pray about this. This is serious. I'm not getting a breakthrough. I'm not getting a release. I'm not getting an answer. And you have to do that for yourself. Amen? Too many times, church, as Christians, we are always depending on somebody else to do something for us. Amen? We need to get to where we're doing something for ourselves. We have the power in the name of Jesus to do all these things. Amen? Now, I want you to go to Luke chapter uh, 14. I'm going to read one more thing this morning. Luke chapter 14. There's a powerful word here that I want us to see. Love to hear those pages turning, amen? Love to hear those, or see those fingers writing on the, t- on the, on the tablets and the phones, writing those notes down, amen? It's powerful, amen? Anybody doesn't have a Bible, let it, if you don't have a Bible, let us know, amen? We'll get you one. Best, best gift you can ever buy. Luke 14, verse 15, give me an amen if you're there. Now, when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said, blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. I just want to remind you, that's our goal. Our goal is to eat bread in the kingdom of heaven, in the kingdom of God. Amen. Our goal is heaven. This is, this is just a test. We're just passing through. This is, not our, this is not our eternal home. Amen. If you love this world, go ahead and have it. I don't want it. Amen. I want to be with Jesus. God's got something better for us, amen? Don't be in love with this world. Be in love with God. Be in love with where he is at. And the Bible says there's going to be a day we're going to be with him, amen? And so it says that that, that's the goal. Now it says a certain man, verse 16, gave a great supper. Now he's talking about God, just so you know. And a great supper and invited many. And sent his servant at supper time. His servant would be Jesus to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all, with one accord, began to make excuses. The first one said, I've bought a piece of ground, and i got to go and see it. I ask that you would have me excused. And another said, 
I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to test them. I asked that you would have me excused. And then another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. And so before we read on, church, these things are always going to be there. I want you to know there's always going to be an excuse. There's always going to be something else you could be doing. But God's kingdom needs to come first. Okay, this is a fact and a thing we must understand. We are all busy. We all have things we need to do. We all have things we want to do. We all have things we think we need to do. Amen. We're always busy. We're working. We're going to school. We're doing things. We're busy people. But you got to understand when it comes to the kingdom of God, God is asking us to put God first. And, and, and if we continue to say, and I'm not talking to anybody in particular, this is just general. If we continue to say in our lives, I'll do it later. Or, or call somebody else, I'm busy. I want you to know something. There'll come a time when God will start calling somebody else. And he'll stop calling you. You don't ever want to get to the place where God stops calling you. Amen? You don't get passed over by God to, to call somebody else. Because I, I got news for you. His gospel is going to be preached. His word is going to be proclaimed. He's going to have his, his plan fulfilled. But I say to myself and to you, I want to be part of God's plan. I want to be involved. I want to do what I'm supposed to do. Amen. I don't want to be left out. God, use me. Use me. And then you might have to say, Lord, if you can use anything, use me. You, because that's one of the biggest excuses we have is what could I say? What could I do? How could I help somebody? I don't, I don't have any eloquent words. I'm not, I'm not studied or, or maybe you are studied, but you're shy. You say, I can't do anything for God. What can I do? And there's your excuse right there. You need to say, Lord, I'm, I'm shy, or Lord, I don't think I have the right words to say, but I'm willing. God's just looking for willingness. Amen? If you'll be willing, he'll do more in you than you could ever imagine. Nobody just, just, just I, don't, I didn't just get up one day and just start doing this. I had to answer a call. Amen? Everything you do for the Lord is something you have to step out in faith and do. And so don't make excuses. Now, watch this. Verse 21. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. And the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city. Another one is the hedges and the and the, and the byways, and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still, watch this, still there is room. Still there is room. Amen? Church, there's room this morning for you. There's room for your family. There's room for your neighbors. There's room for your coworkers. There's room. Amen? And listen, this is important. The door is still open. The door is still open. And it's wide open this morning. It is open, and God is saying, come on in. Come on in. We need to tell the world, come on in. But I want, you to tell you, I want to tell you something at the same time. At the same time it's open, the Bible also says there's coming a day when it's going to shut. Amen? Just as, as, as Noah was with the ark, and he was building that ark. The whole time that he was building that ark, and once he got that first level built and all the walls built, that door was open. People could come and go as they pleased into that place. And when he began to get that thing finished, that door was open. And he began to preach and say, the time is coming. It's going to rain. Come in. 
Come in. He was compelling them to come in and causing them to come in. And some did and some didn't. And then some maybe came in and got back out. But we know at the time that that door shut, only Noah and his family was in there. Whole tons of people that God made. God made that boat a lot bigger. Amen. Unfortunately today, let me make a statement that's unfortunate. Unfortunate today that there's room in heaven and hell is being expanded. Hell is being expanded. They're adding on. Why? Because people are, are, are rejecting Jesus Christ. Just like the jails. Just like the prisons. When they make a prison in a city, they make it for, the, for, for a certain percentage uh, based off of the population, and they don't plan on expanding. They're expanding our jail over here in Denton County, right here in Denton, Texas. Why? Because it's not big enough to hold all the people. That's a sad truth. I'm not saying that to, to get us down. I'm saying that, that we need to understand that time is short. And, and, and hell is, is expo- expanding and heaven's door is open, but that room is only there for a certain amount of time. So we can't say, hey, let's do this next year. You know what? I'll wait till 2019. Maybe you said that last year. You need to start saying, God, I am sorry that I have not done more for you. I'm going to make 2018 the year that I begin to do something for the kingdom of God. I begin to preach the gospel. I begin to share my faith, and I begin to go, like the Bible says. So he says, call them all in. And then it says, there's still room. Verse 23, then the master said to the servant, again, watch this. Go into the highways and the hedges. And look at this word, and compel them to come in that my house may be filled amen that my house may be filled father i pray to you this morning as we read on wednesday night that you are the lord of the harvest you are the lord of the harvest father and god there is a harvest out there your word says that don't say let's wait four months and then the harvest you say in your word the harvest is now god this morning There are people in this place that have such amazing testimonies, such powerful things that you have done in their lives. And God, all they have to do is go up to somebody and say, look, this is what I used to be. This is what I used to do. But today I'm born again. Today I'm saved. Today I'm set free. And Lord, somebody could hear that testimony and be saved through it and say, man, if God did that for you, I believe God can do that for me. All over this place this morning, there are people as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, there are people in this place this morning, you have a call. Now, now, now listen, everybody has a call. But some of you know that God's calling you. I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes, please. Everyone in this place, nobody looking around. It's a serious time. You have a call. And you've got to answer that call. You've got to stop running. You've got to stop making excuses. You might be in school you might be at work. You might think, I've got, I've got a career. I'm doing something. I'm busy. That's okay. You can still do what you're doing. I'm not asking you to leave your job or leave your school today. I'm asking you that at your school and at your job, you say, I'm an evangelist. God's got me here for a reason. God's got me here. Teachers that are here that read their Bibles in their school classroom and, and the kids see that. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. Even though it's illegal, even though I could get in trouble for it, a boldness comes on and says, you know what? I'm going to read my Bible in my classroom because I don't care what they say. I'm going I'm to be a light to these kids. I only get one chance. And that seed is planted. You're at your workplace. You've got an audience. You think, man, 
If I could just preach to somebody, you have an audience every day somewhere in your workplace. You have an audience at the store. You have people who have your ear. Somebody's listening to you this morning. And they need you to tell them, God can save you. God can change you. God can deliver you. God can set you free. There's hope. Amen. There's hope this morning. There's hope. Just like he did it with you. You know, you were an impossible case too. Don't forget how impossible you were. No one thought you'd get saved. No one thought you'd ever change. But here you are, sitting in church on a Sunday morning in love with God. So if God did it in you, he can do it in them. And listen to this. Don't you dare look at somebody else and say, man, God can't change them. That's a lost cause because you were that lost cause. I was that lost cause. Let's not do that. Let's get some hope in here this morning. Let's get some faith in here this morning. And let's say, Lord, I know you can do a work in me. And I know that in the work you did in me, you can do in somebody else this morning. I'm going to answer that call. I don't know what God's calling you to do, but I do know he's calling you to open your mouth. I do know he's calling you to speak the word of God. I do know he's calling you to do something for the kingdom of God this morning. And if you'll begin to say yes, he'll begin to equip you. He'll begin to qualify you. See, God doesn't qualify you first and then call you. He calls you and then he qualifies you. He just looks, he's just looking for someone to say, God, I'll go. In the book of Isaiah, he said, who will go for me? And Isaiah said, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. I'm just willing. I'm just willing to speak. I'm just willing to open my mouth. How many in this place all over, front to back and side to side, you're listening and you're saying, man, I I would love to do something for God, but I've never given my life to Jesus Christ. And today I want to make sure that Jesus is Lord of my life. I want to make sure that that I don't go to that place that's prepared for the devil and his angels. I want to make sure that I go to that place where there's room up in heaven. You're here and you say, I don't know if I die today where I'd spend eternity. I just want you to lift your hand and say, would you remember me this morning? I want to be saved. I want to be born again. Just put your hand up and put it right back down all over this place. That's me. I'm not saved. I don't know Jesus. Maybe you're here and you're you're cold, you're lukewarm, you're falling, you're, you're running. Instead of running to the Lord, you're running from the Lord. Maybe you feel like you've made a mistake that God can't forgive. That's a, that's a lie of the enemy. Don't believe that lie. There's nothing that God can't forgive if you'll repent. There's nothing God can't change if you'll be willing to ask. Maybe you're here and that's you this morning. God can touch you at this altar this morning. God can, can do a work in your heart this morning. I want to ask us to stand to our feet. We're going to close right now. This is a very important time of the message. Let's stay focused on what the Holy Spirit's speaking to us. You know, it only takes one, one spark to start a fire. One spark. That's in the church, but that's also in your life. If you just let a spark light, something will light, light up inside of you, and you'll get to that place where you'll say, man, I just want to do something for God. I just want to do something for God. I want to make a difference. You know what? You might have grown up saying, I want to make a difference in this world. And you might not have ever had the opportunity in the world to make a difference. You'd have thought maybe I'd be a doctor or a politician or, or, or someone famous. Do you know that as a believer in Jesus Christ, we have the opportunity to change the world? Every single one of us? Think about the person. You might think, man, what if I just won one person to the Lord? 
Well, think about the person who led Billy Graham to the Lord. Look what Billy Graham did for this world. We've never heard about the person who led Billy Graham to the Lord. But boy, will we hear about him in heaven. Because all those souls that Billy Graham has touched at 99 years of age now, that man has, a, or that woman has a reward. That person who, who told Billy Graham about Jesus. So maybe you're the person who's going to touch the next Billy Graham. Maybe you are the next Billy Graham. Amen. Whatever it is that God's calling you to do, say yes to it. Amen. We've got to be goers. We've got to be doers. Amen. We're going to open up a song, and I want to open up the altar for prayer. And I want to ask those to come this morning that would like me to pray over you this morning to be a goer, a goer and a doer. Amen. I'm going to pray for those people together this morning as we begin to sing. If you're, if you're saying, God, I'll go, I'll, I'm willing. I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know what I'm going to say, but I'm willing. I want you to come down to this altar this morning as we begin to sing. And I want to pray over you. I'm going to give time. Just step out. Maybe say, I don't even have a clue what I'll do, but I'll go. I'm willing.